Hello everyone. Welcome to Stu's house. This is my first episode here on Spotify and we'll have a weekly podcast of all things real estate in North Carolina. Some housekeeping here. This is not legal advice. Everything you will hear today is from almost 20 years of selling real estate. Some things are funny. Some things may be serious. It's all about sharing my experiences and hoping you can get something out of it. So the first topic I chose is a little something called material facts. A material fact defined by the North Carolina Real Estate Commission is, quote unquote, any fact that could affect a reasonable person's decision to buy, sell, or lease and must be disclosed by a broker to the parties in the transaction and any interested third parties, regardless of the broker's agency role within the transaction. So that was a word for word description of what the real estate commission defines a material fact as. So I'm going to start out talking crap and that is septic inspections. If you have a septic system that must be disclosed, it is a material fact. It's usually on the MLS when the realtor inputs it, but it'll also be disclosed on the North Carolina property disclosure. This is the form that the seller, uh, basically all these selections for the components of a house, they can either select yes, no, or no representation for a number of items. If there's a septic system, the owner is also uh, required to disclose how many bedrooms the septic tank was issued for, meaning the permit it was issued for. And this is because if it's a three bedroom house, the agent cannot list it for four bedrooms without disclosing the permit is only for three. And the reason is because the size of the tank when they put it in the ground, um, it's based on bedrooms. So the environmental department within the given municipality, town or city or county, estimates how many flushes will happen over a period of time. And it's recommended that you have your tank pumped every three to four years. So this could be a whole other podcast just about septic inspections and the septic system itself, which it probably will be soon. But hit me up if you have any other suggestions for future episodes. And in the same vein, well water. This has to be disclosed if the home is on a well. If you either, as a seller, you either have city water, county water, community water, or well water. Well water is not treated like the other three. Um, so if you have a well, it's a good idea to have it tested occasionally. And if you're buying a home with a well, make sure during your inspection process that you have a well water test. So homeowners, if you have a well, it may be a good idea to have a water filtration system in place. Even if your water test was fine because the soils move over time and uh, you can get a lot of the um, filtration systems you can get under a thousand dollars on Amazon. So, and here's a little story about well water and why you should test from, from my experience. I had a buyer looking at houses. We uh, walked through the house is a pretty big lot. It was a rural area and the homeowner had, Behind his house, there was a horse stable. Um, I'm not a horse rider, so it's the you know little round area where the horse runs around in a shed. Um, 
So what happened was the homeowner had a, um, when we saw him, he, he was at, actually at the house when we showed the property, which again, if you're selling a house, don't be there when buyers are looking through, but he had a pick line in his arm and he was, he told us he was undergoing, undergoing treatment for an infection and he, he just kind of looked unhealthy. Um, but he told us, and this is again, don't be at your house when a buyer's looking at it. He told us that the well dried up years before, so he dug his own well behind the stable. So what happened, what we found out was the line was run under the stable to the house. So all the water was going to the house. And my buyers ended up making an offer on the house. And during the home inspection, we did a well water test. And there was tons, very high levels of all these different bacteria. I don't remember the terminology, but it was very, very high. So our suspicion is that the line running under the horse stable was soaked in manure and over time crept into the water line. I don't know if that's why he was sick, but it was enough to scare my buyers away. And with that same house, just happens to be the same example as my next material fact, unpermitted space. This particular house added a sunroom to the back and there are many things wrong with it, but it was not permitted. And one reason um, we knew it wasn't permitted, it was too close to the property line. There's a setback line. You have to be away from your lot line. So when selling a home, a seller must disclose if there's ever been any additions to the house. If an attic's been finished, it's prudent to get it permitted. If it is not permitted, all the seller has to do is disclose that and just say it wasn't permitted. And permits is a whole other topic for another podcast as there's so many opinions on what does and does not need to be permitted. As a rule of thumb, though, if you have added a structure or finished living space and want to claim it as square footage, it must have a permit. I had a home listed several years ago where the room above the garage was finished after the CO was issued. So these, uh, Homeowners had lived, I think they might have even been the second owner of the house, but it was disclosed that the, the room they finished was not um, permitted. It went under contract. It wasn't a big deal. The, the buyers didn't really care. It was done right from the outside, everything. It actually was done fairly right, but it was a relocation deal. So the buyer's agent, the other agent in the transaction said that the relocation company reviewed the property disclosure where it was disclosed it wasn't permitted and would not allow the employee to purchase the home unless it was permitted and the, the same buyer their insurance company would not underwrite that portion of the home without a permit so it was a hot mess in the end the seller went to the town and had the room permitted but it was more expensive and more work than the original plan. So the, right there, there's two great examples of material facts, and that's just a very, very few out of a lot of uh, material facts that can possibly come up. Okay, so now I'll just jump into the, I won't go in much detail about these, but there's so many more material facts. And um, I'll jump into a few common material facts that have to be disclosed by a home seller in North Carolina. And one is um, square footage. That's really where the um, 
the agent is probably more responsible for this because we are required to be within a certain percentage of what the actual square footage is. Most agents like myself hire appraisers that are um, licensed appraisers because that's a big part of their training when they get their licenses measuring houses. So um, it's a good idea if you're selling your home for sale by owner or unrepresented, you might want to hire an appraiser to measure the house. Um, foundation issues, that's, that's huge. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about that. And even if a home had a foundation fixed and had to put piers um, under the house to straighten the, the foundation up or, 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 or blocks, uh, there's a ton of different things. Um, even if it was previously done, it's supposed to be disclosed. If it was, if a foundation was previously fixed, it's supposed to be disclosed because foundations, foundations are constantly moving. They're shifting. Not a lot. There's a lot of settlement in houses. If you look at a house that's 20, 30, 40 years old, you might see a little movement, but not really foundation issues where the foundation's cracked or a pier is shifted. Uh, stucco. Stucco is another one that even... And on the property disclosure, you are asked to provide the type of siding on the house. But even if you previously had stucco um, or if you have stucco and it was it was fixed because there were issues with it in the past, I think in the late 80s, maybe you're supposed to disclose that because water gets behind stucco. That's the big issue with that. And even though they might have like redone a new coat of stucco, sprayed it on over the bad part. There could have uh, mold growing between the, the um, studs in the wall, um, the sheetrock behind that stucco. Radon is another um, huge issue that, it, you know, if you have higher levels of radon, you should disclose that because um, radon is an invisible gas that causes lung cancer. And uh, even if you have a mitigation system, it'll be on the property disclosure again, but you should always disclose that. Uh, something that in my area, I live in Holly Springs. It's in the Raleigh area. It's like 20 minutes from Raleigh, North Carolina. And you don't see, it's USTs and ASTs, underground storage tanks and above ground storage tanks. You you don't really see those much. You see propane tanks for, for like um, people with their uh, fireplaces. But back in the day when people used oil to heat their houses, a lot of them buried their oil tanks under the ground. Um, and again, I love using examples. Um, what I've seen before, there's a house on a, it's close to downtown Raleigh. And, uh, basically the underground storage tank was discovered and the lender balked on the deal. Um, and the, and the reason being is if oil leaks from that tank over time, if they, they had oil left in it and, you know, switch their HVAC system to, a um, more modern system that didn't require oil if the soil leaked through the tank it goes into the soil and if you grew vegetables in that soil you could get sick um now the there there was a program in north carolina where maybe it's some type of grant where they would help homeowners remove the tanks but i think that expired maybe even like 10 years ago it was a while ago unless it's been reenacted but if um you do have an underground storage tank or above ground storage tank that um, has oil in it. You could fill it with sand, and I think that would be acceptable. Uh, other material facts is zoning. 
people don't think of zoning much. If, you know, if you live on a property that abuts to a big empty uh, field, if you as the homeowner know that they're about to build a prison there, you might want to disclose that because that would, you would know that it's reasonable to assume the homeowner would know that. Um, and the real estate agent, if, if, you know, if, if they kind of looked back there and wondered what was going on, it's reasonable for agents as well to see that. Um, a cemetery on the property, you know, again, you get in rural areas and you have family members buried on your property. You have to disclose that. And from what I understand that they, they can be removed, but it is a lengthy process to do it. And with those two things, zoning and cemeteries, surveys, a survey, um, if it reveals an encroachment um, or easements, they, they have to be disclosed. Um, that's one big thing that people don't really think about that much. And a survey during a home inspection, the, the, the buyer might get a survey, but the survey is not a repair. That's a legal issue that, that it survives the due diligence period, which the due diligence period will be another podcast one day. Drainage issues, big issue, unlevel floors. Um, there's a lot of different things. The drainage issues goes back to the crawl space too. So many houses have um, drainage going in their foundation and you don't really see it. Nobody goes in their attic or um, under the house as a homeowner, really, they don't. So they don't really know about it, but if you know about it, you need to disclose that. So those, those are a few common material facts. And I recently had a CE class, a continuing education class a while back. And I was kind of reminded of a few things that are not material facts and death or serious illness um, do not have to be disclosed. I have an example of that years ago um, where there actually was a um, homeowner that passed away. Um, and it was found out through a clue report through the insurance company did a clue report and there was a big claim on the property. I didn't know about it. Um, and they had to track down a family member that explained the situation. Um, but regardless, that's, that's not a material fact. There's nearby sex offenders and also, uh, and there is a sex offender app and website for North Carolina that you can go and check yourself. Um, very prudent to do that. Um, AIDS and HIV status, that is not a material fact, and that is protected, um, a protected class in the fair housing laws. Uh, so now, if, just because a seller does not disclose any of these things as a material fact, the real estate agent, if they know of any material facts or reasonably should know, they have to disclose them as well to the buyer and the other agent. And an example off the top of my head is just something simple. Like you go there one day and it's been raining and there's a huge puddle of water right next to the foundation. You can definitely tell it's creeping in there. You have to disclose that um, we're held to a higher standard. So again, if we know about it or should reasonably know the agent as well should disclose it. So, that's all I have now for material facts. There are a lot more things that can come into play when selling a house as far as disclosures go. So please join me for episode two. I'll talk about home inspections. And at the end of every podcast, I like to mention a local charity that I would love for you to check out and donate to if you can. This week is the Holly Springs Food Cupboard. 
hsfoodcovered.org. Uh, they're a great organization, and um, I'd love for you to check them out. Take care, and you will hear from me next week. Thank you.